Let's pray as we uh, hear God's word. Heavenly Father, sanctify us, make us holy by your truth, for your word is truth. Amen. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had quite the time taking uh, a look at more than a few pieces of God's good life, of the good life uh, as we get from God's word. And I'm not going to um, I'm not going to run through all of those things. If you want, you can certainly look at the pieces of wisdom that we've gained from God's Word out there on, on the wall, if you'd like. I've been trying to keep that up to date. Or I'm sure that you've got your own, uh, you've been keeping your own tally. I've been taking all of the pieces uh, myself and sticking them in my book here, my devotional uh, book for the day. Uh, and maybe you have been doing the same. If you wanted to catch up, you can, there's all kinds of those little cards, these little uh, good life cards. You can add it to your your Bible and, and keep your uh, pieces of wisdom that we're gaining here. I, I do think this is a really helpful little a piece of instruction. Um, and we have learned so many little things about it. You know, just even this last week, we took away a, a piece about anger. How anger is okay, right? And so it's, uh, not, it's not great, though, because we oftentimes have faulty sources for our anger, that our anger is coming from the wrong place, and it, and it has poor results. And I, I can think of specifically even two times then this week where I, I was blessed by God, you know, working through the, a situation, it, and, and God, God kind of helped to keep me from the anger, but he did not take away this courage to confront, and rather what we, what we came away with in the situation was uh, as a willingness to say, look, we need to confront this issue. Yes, we don't need to get angry about it, but we can't run away from the fact that there is an issue between the two of us, and so let's, let's take that away. I mean, it was, I had one just, just 20 minutes ago, half hour ago, and so that, uh, it, it was really important to have these pieces of wisdom from God's Word that we can apply in the 80% of times in life where there are no rules. Uh, the, the last thing that I was just involved in, there was no explicit rule. Today, I wish I could say that I was really good at implementing the piece of wisdom that God has for us, you know, that I was somehow an expert at it, but I'm, I'm not. Um, today, God has a word for us on choosing, on friendship. And I wish I could say I was great at being a friend. I'm, I'm just fine. I'm not great. I'm not bad. Uh, but what God does help all of us do here is to be better friends, be better friends. Uh, to be ourselves better friends to people, and then to do more, at, to be a better job as we make friends with other people. So to be better friends. Now, I suspect a lot of you would look at this point that God makes here, and you would say, well, of course, like, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, um, of course we'll be better friends, because God says here, hey, because, I mean, that's, that's part of American culture, isn't it? to be good friends with people. Heck, we've got a TV show called Friends. Uh, we, we put out Cheers. We've got the Big Bang Theory, if you're on the younger side. We, we're, aren't we great at being friends? I mean, how much could the Bible tell us that we don't already have down pat? And, and I hear you, and so I could, I could try to make you, uh, say, assess the number of friends you have. You know, Count the number of real friends that you have in life. And and make you help try to say, oh, look, see, you, you don't have many friends, so you need to get better at it. But I think that misses the point. That misses the point because what God wants to show to you and to me is, is that when you get the gospel, you will be so driven to make friends. You, won't, you can't help but, but just make friends. You want to make friends and, and be friends with people all the time. You will get the gospel. It means that there is such a unique relationship that you have with God 
that you want to have that same kind of a relationship with other people. What do I mean? Well, let's hear it from Psalm here. This is Psalm 7, or excuse me, from Proverbs. Proverbs 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So, and then Proverbs goes on and says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, you see in these passages, God is making a distinction. He's making a separation between a friend and a brother. You see that? Uh, he, he's making a distinction between friendship and family. Uh, and, and he's telling us here that friendship is actually a unique kind of relationship. Uh, you know, we have romantic relationships, romantic relationships based on lust and desire. We have familial relationships based mostly on blood. We have civic relationships based on this kind of uh, niceness in the social contract that we have with one another. So we, we have that with our neighbors uh, and the acquaintances that we run into at the, the grocery store. And we have uh, business relationships based on duties and obligations, a contract of sorts between a boss and workers. Friendship is a totally different kind of relationship. Friendship is, is in a, its own category all by itself. Um, friendship is the only relationship, uh, C.S. Lewis one time would point out, that is not based on biological or social necessity. Friendship, he, he says, is the least instinctive, organic, biological, and necessary. So it's the least organic relationship. It's the least biological relationship. Friendship, in fact, is even the least necessary relationship. Right? You and I, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for romantic love. <laughs> All of our predecessors, uh, you know, that, I mean, that was why we're here. Uh, it, we wouldn't probably have grown up without familial love. It is a necessary for raising uh, of children. You probably wouldn't get through your groceries and get through your day without the kind of general affection that's part of civic love. Uh, it, you know, imagine if you had to argue with the grocery clerk every time you just wanted to buy some cereal. Uh, and there would be times you would never get through the evil and the hard times of life without the sacrificial love. Friendship, though, we could survive without this, without friendship. We could survive without the, the, the most organic, the, the, without the least organic, the least natural, the least necessary kind of relationship. If you've got a friendship, real friendships in your life, you, def, you truly have something that is unique. You've discovered something that's unique. Right? And you might say to me, Pastor, you know, I have such great friends, I don't think I could survive without my friends. You say friendship is, is not necessary. I think it is necessary. I've got such good friends. Well, let me, let me show you then. You've got something that's unique, and you've discovered it, I, I would say at least in part, because you get something out of the gospel. You get what's in the gospel. What do I mean? I mean, the general social survey, back in 2018, there was a survey done of 20,000 Americans. And it says, America has never felt more isolated and more lonely than it does today. In fact, there are three times as many people today as in 1985 who would categorize themselves as desperately lonely. Three times. Three times as many people. And this was 2018. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Do you think this has gotten worse? 
I, I definitely think so. You know, do you know how many confidants most Americans have? Zero. Most Americans have nobody that they trust to tell their deep, dark secrets to. Especially not people outside their, their spouse. You know, in America, fully one-third of households now in America are single-person households. 100 million people in America live by themselves. That is, that is skyrocketing. That was definitely not that way uh, 20, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, uh, it, was, is, it was maybe 50 million at the most. So there's, there's, that's doubled in the last 20 to 30 years. If you've got a relationship that is not biologically necessary, that is not socially necessary to keep you alive, but you just do it because you choose it, that is a unique thing. Uh, this word in Proverbs, this word in Proverbs that says that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who sticks closer than a brother, that's often translated in the Old Testament as cleave. It's a kind of passionate affection. It's a picking of something. And so in this way, you can say a brother is actually better than a sibling. Right? A brother is better than a sibling because a brother has chosen you. They have picked you even if a sibling is stuck with you, but a brother has, or a friend has actually picked you. You know, and I, I know it's kind of scary to say, right? but a lot of great thinkers, a lot of great people would say that you and I, we really don't know what a great relationship, a great friendship is anymore. Uh, C.S. Lewis one time took this survey of the great friendships in history, and he listed people like David and Jonathan from the Bible, uh, he listed Orestes and Pylades. He listed Roland and Oliver, you know, Oliver's twist. He listed Amis and Amils. And then he goes on to say, I can't think of any relationships like that celebrated today. Not any. Not any. I, I mean, think about David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan from the Bible. What, a, what an amazing friendship those two had. David was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And Jonathan was the son of the current king of Israel. Jonathan was, according to heredity, according to biology, he was the next man in line for the throne. And yet he spent his days working to make sure that John, David got to rule next. You think, would you do that for anybody? Would you work yourself out of a job so that somebody else could have your job? Would you choose that kind of a relationship? I mean, that's what, what David did. And, and Jonathan worked so hard at that idea of friendship that he, he protected David's own life when Saul wanted to kill him. And then they, they separated that friendship, never to be seen again. They cried when they said goodbye. That's how sweet their friendship was. Um, that's, that's why C.S. Lewis and others would say, you know, we really don't know what a great friendship is anymore. We choose our friends. And so friendship is really a totally unique kind of relationship. No other relationship is like friendship. Now, you might say, but I, I actually choose my family pastor because I could go for months without seeing my family or years, and, and that, that wouldn't make me feel all that bad. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's true. 
that's true. And yet, in the end, you're, they're still family. You're still stuck with them. Uh, and, and I think pretty much all of us would say, if my family calls, I will help whether I want to or not. A friendship is different because you know you don't have to pick up the phone if you don't want to. You can just blow them off if it comes to it. Right? Friends, are, that's what makes friendship totally unique. Now, this also tells us right, why our friendships are so hard and why we're so bad at them. And it tells us how to fix them. Let's talk about that for a second. Talk about how to, to fix, to get better at friendships if we're choosing them. See, Proverbs is also saying if you're choosing a friendship, Proverbs points out to us that you have to have some common interest. You have to have some common bond. We all know this to make the friendship work. And I just want to make sure that, you know, not only do we know this practically about friendship, but God points this out. He knows this in the Bible. Here's Proverbs 14:20. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. So what connects many people? Money. Right? Many people are friends over money. Uh, or you go on Proverbs 17:9. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So what, what often connects people in some sort of friendship? Actually liking to talk gossiping. Right? discussing some opinion. Politics. You could talk about politics all day long and be friends over it, couldn't you? Um, or you can go on, and there's other passages. Proverbs 19 says, Many curry favor with the ruler, and everyone is the friend who gives gifts. Of the one who gives gifts. So what often puts, brings people together as friends? Giving gifts, sharing, generosity. I know a number of people around here who, who make friends with people by simply volunteering uh, to, to help them out with projects. You know, oh, you're installing a, a dishwasher at your house today? Hey, let me come and help you out, and I'll give you the gift of my time. I, I make friends that way sometimes. Or Proverbs 27.9, another way to make friends. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. The pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So what serves as a common bond many times? Advice, right? Advice connects with people. Now, these are all things that we could use to have a, a common bond for a relationship. And yet Jesus is going to point out something about these all. He's going to point out something about these all, namely that every one of these can be ruined. How well do they always work? Right? How well does money work to bond people together? You've seen it in your own lives, right? This passage that says, rich have many friends, but what about the poor? The poor get left out from the friendships, don't they? Uh, does, does gossiping really create real friendships? Maybe for a short time. But as soon as you grow that you have a conflict, then the friendship falls apart. Or, or what, about, um, what about this passage here about currying favor with a friend? Can you really give gifts to make friends? Well, what if, what if, you don't need, what if the other person doesn't need you anymore? then the friendship comes to an end, huh? Or, or what about even advice? Advice is a great way to keep a friendship. But what if the person doesn't need advice anymore? See, this is why Jesus, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends and he says, here's the basis for our friendship. It is that we bond over something. But what do we bond over? We bond over the fact that I have told you, I have shown you, that yes, you are more lost, you are more sinful, you're more broken than you ever realized. 
but you're also more forgiven and accepted and loved by God in me than you ever know. That's what God has wants to make known to you. That's what we are, are sharing a bond over. The gospel is this thing. The gospel is the best thing to make a friendship far and away. Why? And I'm not saying that it's the only thing. I'm not saying it's the only thing. We can be friends over games. We can be friends because we like to, to be generous together. We can be friends because we like to try out bars together. We can be friends because we like to sing karaoke together. Any of those things we can, we can enjoy. But you know why the gospel is the best thing? Look at this, right? Look at, look at, think about this. Ever seen the spot in the Bible where it says that Herod and Pontius Pilate became friends the day that Jesus died? Wow, right? There you've got two arch enemies who became friends. I think about this in my own life. Why, why is it that I get to be friends with, with a Chinese man? Uh, one of my lifelong friends, a Chinese man, why, why did I get to be friend with a, a, a black man 20 years older than me or a friend with a Native, uh, Native American woman? Why did I get to be a friend with uh, a gentleman now who's probably 35, 40 years older than me, but we, we just love to get together, have coffee and talk. We have a great time. Why is all of that? Why is that, right? Jesus says this. He says that a greater love has no one than this. Excuse me. Greater love has no one than this. Then that he lay down his life for his friends. To lay down his life for his friends. Right? Jesus is saying, look, if you want the best thing to make friends, you've got to have the gospel. You've got to have this foundation that says, I will, here's a common bond for us. Here's the common bond. But this is the one thing in the whole world that will never divide you, that will never split you apart. Because whether you're a good person or a bad person, this brings us together. You know what my favorite example of this is? Crazy story of this. Two guys named Marcus, Marcus Borg and N.T. Wright. All right? Marcus Borg and N.T. Wright. Now, uh, religiously speaking, Marcus and N.T. are as different as it comes. Marcus is a guy who says, Jesus' sacrifice does not pay for sin. He says, I believe, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I think I'm a Christian, but I don't believe Jesus' sacrifice pays for sin. Now you would, might say, wait a second, can you really be a Christian and say that? Well, see, this is, this is how his, that's his idea of Christianity. Right? Do you think God can forgive sins because of Jesus' sacrifice? No, he thinks is the answer. Now, N.T. Wright says, that's, that's not at all where I'm coming from. He says, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has changed things so much more than you can possibly imagine. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ means that, yes, your personal guilt, your wrongdoing, your evil have been taken away. It also means that God has, has, is restoring this world. He is recreating this world and is bringing it to himself. Right? So here's these guys who are fur, farther apart than you could possibly imagine. And yet, and yet they've written a book together. And, and the opening line of their book says, this book has grown out of a friendship. So here you've got two guys who could not disagree more about who Jesus is and what he has done, and yet they have a deep friendship. Now you can look at that and you can say, that's because religion's not a real thing. You know, it, It's just not a thing. Everybody can have their own opinion about it. It doesn't need to be divisive. It's not actually a life and death matter. So let's just each think whatever we want to think about it. And I'd say to you, well, wait, look at all the people who have died in wars. Look at all the families split apart over religion. Look at all of the, 
the, the, the marriages that have ended or have gone through incredible conflict over religion. You're telling me it's not a real thing? So many people have said it means so much in their life. Or you can look at it and say this. Right? You can say that great friendships can get formed out of the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus, that to say that somebody is both lost and a, a condemned sinner and that they are forgiven and accepted by God, the gospel is the one thing that could actually pull two people who are so radically different together. And you and I, we can have friendships on the basis of karaoke, on the basis of playing Scrabble, or on the basis of swimming together on Tuesday mornings for a couple of miles, whatever you want to have the basis on. But the gospel is going to be a far better thing always. It makes no distinction on religion or ethnicity or preference, politics, family background, or race. None of those things. Right? Great friendships can really get formed from the gospel. So let's do this. I, I wish I was better at, at making wonderful friendships. And I have to admit that I feel like sometimes in my life I've, I've lost more relationships, more friendships because of my religious convictions uh, than I've gained. But I, I've seen more than enough unique circumstances come up in my life to say the gospel really can make friendships that have absolutely nothing to do with my politics, with my family preference, with what food I like to eat, the games that I like to play, my ethnicity, any of those things. And so I can be convinced that great friendships really do come from, they're formed from the gospel. Let's pray. Dear friends, dear Jesus, thank you for the opportunity today to be encouraged in our friendships. And we pray that as we hear your word today, we are more than just uh, inspired to say, yeah, friendships are a good thing, but to actually realize, you know, you have chosen us. We have a unique relationship with you, and we have the opportunity now to love others in a totally unique way. Please forgive us uh, for taking, for taking it, uh, advantage, for, for, for assuming that uh, we, we have this benefit of your choosing, and, and for just forgetting about its worth and its value. And let's then eagerly make new friendships with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.